0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. to know why and how the NFL draft is this week. We are mere days away from the 2020 NFL draft, a pivotal moment in the future of the Green Bay Packers. They have done all of the prep. It is done now. That the prep is behind them, it's behind us. Now, we are going to try and project forward to put all the information together. Right, right now, my wife and I are rewatching The Wire. I've, I've seen it. She hasn't. And we're at the part in the series, if you haven't seen it, the middle seasons, seasons three and four, are all about tying everything together. These big, large webs that are spun over the course of the series, all of these webs overlap and come together, and it's what makes the series great these these interactions and and these little moments with characters who we don't normally see together or something that has been building for you know years literal years in in the show come to fruition that's what it feels like this week we have been in the pre-draft process for what feels like years and that is partially because it's the only thing we've had to talk about in sports it's partially because of events going on in the world with covid-19 and the lockdown time seems to be moving painfully slowly as we try and uh, you know get back to some sort of normalcy amid what is what is a lot of of sadness and and anxiety and i understand that so you know, we we want to try and focus on on the fun stuff, and that is in this case the NFL draft. So we're going to do that in a big way this week. Obviously, that makes sense. Uh, if we were going to do something else, you'd be going, oh, "What the hell?" <laughs> and I, I think that would be totally reasonable. That that would be a totally reasonable take. So, what I want to start with today is to try and put some some ranges of players you know, last week on the show, at the end of the week, someone asked, you know, who are the likely picks? And I I gave like seven or eight players, because I think there is a menu of guys. And one of the reasons for that is, in all likelihood, when you're sitting there at 30, there isn't going to be a top 10 player available. There's not going to be a top 15 player available. So what you're going to have is a pretty big swath and and most drafts you know unless drafts that are either really deep or really thin the guys from 25 to 40 and that number varies year to year but 25 to 40 even 25 to 50 in a really deep draft there's not a ton of difference so what nfl teams will do is they will tier players they will use what's called a horizontal draft board. Rather than one through 100, they will put players in tiers and say, okay, these are the stars. Positions are irrelevant in the numbering. The numbers are, it's not one, two, three, four, five, doesn't matter. Here are the quarterbacks with star potential. Here are the running backs with star potential. And you go through the list, and as players are taken, you're crossing off the guys in the various tiers. And if there are guys in the above tier, you look at them and you say, okay, how does this player impact our team? And can we justify passing on that guy? Now, that is seemingly a normal system, except that it does not matter if there's a 15-player tier, let's say. The guy that is 7th may not be materially different in quality than the guy who is 20th. Because they're all in the star tier. Now, there's not gonna be 15 stars in the draft, but let's just let's just use that for instance. And so you are having to use your own roster construction. Okay, who is the guy on our team who makes the most sense? Because we we have these guys rated similarly. This is this is one reason why best player available is a myth. Because it's not just best player available, it is best player available who can help your team the most. The guy who impacts your roster in the most impactful way. So if these guys are similarly graded, you know, most NFL teams are not going to quibble if they have a 6.29 grade versus a 6.4 grade if they see them in the same tier. They're going to pick the player who fits them the best in that moment, so I tried to put together some tiers for first-round picks that the the Packers could be potentially interested in. I didn't want to get to guys who Green Bay would likely not have interest in. And so a player like T. Higgins, not on this list. Because to me, Green Bay unlikely to be interested in a player like T. Higgins. So we're speaking strictly of the 30th pick. The tier at the top has been mostly unchanged for me for weeks. And that is Josh Jones, the the tackle from Houston, and Justin Jefferson, the receiver from LSU. That is tier one. If either one of those guys is on the board at 30, you make the pick and you do not even think twice. Those guys are potential stars. They're top 15 players in this draft. And they're the kinds of guys who can be foundational pieces for you moving forward. They are the kind of guys that, you know, you, you almost don't care what the rest of the draft is going to potentially look like. You just feel like, yeah, these guys are good enough on their own to not even worry about opportunity cost. That's how good, I think those two guys are. Now, both are probably going to be gone. So what does that next tier look like? Tier 2, for me, has four players in it. Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama, Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle from Boise State, Zach Bond, the linebacker from Wisconsin, and Jalen Rager, the receiver from TCU. A little bit of everything. If you're going to put together the four big needs on this team, it would be those four. And that's not why they're in that tier. They're in that tier because they're really good players who fit on the board and who also fit Green Bay's preferred athletic profiles, assuming you think Jalen Rager is the player that he is, something closer at least to the the draft video that he put out. I think the Packers pick is going to come from this tier. And so you have to then identify if you're the Packers, all right, which one of these guys – makes the team maximally improved. And and that's something that they're gonna have more intimate knowledge of because they know what their plans are for this team moving forward. Kevin King, what's his future? Are they going to value linebacker a little bit more? Do they view, you know, offensive tackle as a replaceable position over the next few seasons, with David Bakhtiari likely getting an extension. And if they draft a receiver early, is he going to become a focal point of this offense? Personally, I don't think that Zach Bond, even though I think he fits and is, is worth the pick at 30, I don't think he's going to be a high priority because of the position he plays. So that leaves three priority position players at potential positions of need, and then you're saying, okay, which one of these guys has the most upside? Which one of these guys has the most potential to help early? Which one of these guys is going to be the most explosive for us, but the most impactful for us? Trevon Diggs is a potential Kevin King replacement or a potential Kevin King supplement. You kick Jair Alexander into the slot a little bit more often maybe. There are a lot of things that a really good cornerback can give you. The case for Ezra Cleveland is obvious. You have an offensive tackle, and you need an offensive tackle at the at the right tackle spot. You need a guy. Is he ready to play in 2020? Maybe not. But does he have the athletic potential? Does he have the feet, the quickness, the length, the the poise, the technique to be a really good right tackle in the NFL for a long time? Yes, he does. I think he's going to be off the board, and then Jalen Rager. If you have listened to this show more than once, probably, you know where I feel with Jalen Rager. I think he is arguably the most combustible player in this draft, including a guy like Henry Ruggs, because of his ability to make plays with the ball in his hand. You you listen to the scouts, the Bob McGinn scouts, talk about him and the ball-in-his-hands guy. The jet, he's the number one jet sweep guy, one scout said. He said, you look at the punt returns. And his ability to make plays there. It's it's such a unique skill set. And it's the kind of skill set Green Bay doesn't have. So from that standpoint, yeah, you can find another bigger guy if you want to do that late in the draft. If you want to do that middle rounds, that's when you can get the Quintes Cephas. Or you want to add a little bit more speed, you can add the John Hightower. Gabriel Davis, some of these guys in the middle rounds, Brian Edwards, if he falls a little bit, he falls to four, you know, then you have a little bit bigger body you can bring in. But the Packers have the big bodies. They need someone who can do the thing with the ball in his hands. I think Green Bay can get one of those four guys. And if they can, any four work for me. Now, there is this third tier. And the third tier is Kenneth Murray, Jordan Love, A.J. Epenesa, Kayvon Wallace, and Brandon Ayuk. And I know I'm an outlier on Wallace, and so I actually think if you're Green Bay, even though he is worth taking at 30, if he's going to be your pick at 30, trade down. I think there is there is wisdom there because you, you you are reasonably sure, given the public perception. You know there was an interesting pro football focus study that basically said you should care about public perception. Because it affects trade values. And I, I think there is is some is potentially some wisdom in that. Um, while it's not everything, I think there is some wisdom there. So, you know, all those guys in Tier 2 are gone. Now you have to make decisions all over again. Okay, Jordan Love, is he that guy? We've talked about him. Brandon Ayuk is, you know, the sort of discounted Jalen Rager because, you know, he's probably going to be there at 30, and he's not quite as ready to contribute right away, but some of the things that he can do allow him to come in as a rookie and give you production, even if he's not ready to be that receiver, you know, wide receiver two in your offense. And you know, then there's then there's the Kenneth Murray's and AJ Epinesas. I think Epinesa is the only defensive lineman worth taking in the first round, and he's really a, a pass rusher edge type. But for the Packers, he can be the Dean Lowry that Dean Lowry never got to be. He can rush inside. He can rush on the edge. He can play five technique. He can be moved around the defensive front and free up guys like Z'Darrius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark to do the things that they're so good at. He can play the run. He can play. He can affect the passing game. And to me, that's what makes him different. Kenneth Murray, same thing as Zach Bond. Like, I just don't think they're going to value linebacker. And if he's there and some of these other guys are there, you know, if you're looking, no matter what tier you're looking at, tier one, tier two, tier three, if if Zach Bond is there and one of those other guys are there, positional value gives that other guy the edge. And it's the same thing with Kenneth Murray, unless the only other guy there is Jordan Love, and I find that highly unlikely. So that's where I stand with the tiers. You know, I think we can, we can dig a little bit deeper into some of the other draft spots here, round two, round three. Um, and it's something that that certainly we will talk about after the round one selection is made. Who are the guys that are potentially available? That's something we will do on our live show Thursday night on Periscope after the show. That will of course be a podcast out Friday morning, um, and and then we'll uh, we'll have instant reaction again Friday. Although Friday we will not have a Periscope show. Right now we'll see. I may do it again. I may do it again. If you guys really like it, we'll do it again. If you guys let's do this. If you want live reactions off Thursday and Friday on Periscope, let me know. And if if we get some people saying, hey, let's let's do both nights, we'll do both nights. Well, I mean what else am I going to do? I can't go to a bar, so am I gonna be gonna be working anyway So we'll, we'll figure it out. And speaking of making an impact, if you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do that. ...than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where you can make that happen. And so much more. The Army is a team of millions of individuals working to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462 to find out. That's ALPL to 462 One more time, ALPL to 462 Every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can, too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. So I put together a mock draft for Mock Drafts Monday and a really weird thing happened. Almost everyone liked it. That has basically never happened to me before. Uh, And I think one of the reasons that people liked it is because we hit all of the big spots and even some of the ones that I hadn't previously found places for. And one of the reasons why I think it made... A lot of people happy is my goal was to find spots. This was something I did last week as well, and it just the draft didn't break exactly the way that I wanted to. This one happened to. I wanted to identify spots where players could be targets for Green Bay. I think they they see value in certain spots. I look at the players that they you know are talking to in Indianapolis, the guys that they're bringing in for video workouts. Where are they allocating resources? What positions? And then what spots in the draft? Are these not just receivers? Yeah, they've spent a lot of time talking to receivers, but where are they looking at first round receivers, second round receivers, third round receivers? All right. They spent a lot of time talking to linebackers. All right. Where are they first round linebackers, second round linebackers, third? Okay. So taking all of that information into account. Because Brian Gudekinst, it's not that he's tipped his hand, but you allocate resources to positions where you feel like there's value and it's going to show up. You know, when these things get reported, and they do, it makes sense that you're going to spend your time, if you want to take a receiver early, you're going to spend a lot of time talking to first-round receivers. If you want to take a linebacker but don't really want to spend a lot of draft capital – you might talk to a lot of different linebackers, just sort of gauge the market, okay? Do we like any of these first-round guys to say we absolutely cannot pass on them? All right, what about the second-round guys? What about the third-round guys? What about the day 3 guys? All right, where are the safeties in this draft? If you need to get that Ibrahim Campbell, Raven Green, help. You know, where is that guy in this draft? So, I tried to I tried to put together my best guess. Based on that information, and based on the information we have right now, I think Green Bay wants to go receiver at 30 if they can. If there's a guy there they really like, I think they're going to take him. And in this draft, for me, that was Jalen Rager. He is one of the players I've zeroed in on. At receiver, at 30, it's Jefferson in a perfect world, and then you're looking at Rager, Ayuk, Pittman. Those are the guys that I think Green Bay is going to be looking at. At the receiver spot at 30, and I think that is where they'd like to go. Now, one of the, the spots where they did a ton of work at Indianapolis is they looked at all the day two defensive linemen. Matabuke, Jordan Elliott, you know, Ross Blacklock, depending on where you think he's going to go. A lot of these guys on day two, and it just so happened that Justin Matabuke... I'll say his name the correct way at some point when someone tells me how to say it. I've said Matabuike. I think it's Matabuki. Matabuki. As someone who has a similar and, and somewhat confusing last name, I, I apologize, Justin. Uh, if the Packers take you, you can, you're can you welcome to come on and, and we'll talk about it. So if that were the top two picks, I think you'd, you'd satisfy two major cohorts of Packer fandom and that is the people who think Green Bay desperately needs to bring in playmakers and then there's this other cohort that's like you know what we need to do center of the defense interior defensive linemen, linebackers that's what the Packers need okay well you can do both and I think day two is the sweet spot for defensive linemen so either at 62 or 94 find one of those guys, someone like Matabuki, that's what we're going with for right now I think that works. Now, here we have some fun. Kayvon Wallace is there at 94. Perfect. He can play nickel corner. He can play deep safety. He can play in the box. He can blitz. He is the perfect, versatile defensive back piece. And now you've taken the big positions and said, all right, we've got guys there. You don't have to draft a pure corner if he can play the slot, which he can. And then also... If you want to have Darnell Savage cover in the slot, Wallace can play deep. Perfect. All right. Fourth round, Jack Driscoll. What's good? I think he belongs in the top 100. I think he's a top 100 player, but I'm not at all convinced he's going to go in the top 100. If the Packers can get him in the fourth round, it is a steal. I do think they want to take a tackle. I'm not, though, convinced that it's going to be early. I think day three is where they're looking, unless one of those top guys falls. If Cleveland or Jones or one of those guys is there at 30, great. I don't know that the day two guys are really going to do it for them because there's a bunch of question marks there. Prince Tagawanago, Sadiq Charles, Ben Barch. There's a lot of these guys who are either they're small school guys, we don't have full athletic profiles on them, they have athletic question marks, Austin Jackson, those kinds of guys. I, I just don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze there. So you you either do it early, you either do it at 30 or you wait. And Driscoll in the fourth round is stealing. All right, now you get John Hightower, deep threat, Boise State. He can he can come in and compete for with MVS. Either MVS can play or he can't. And if he can't, John, has, John Hightower takes his spot and it's done. And if he doesn't... Then he's a developmental player that can come in and, and give you special teams contributions because of his speed. Then you go Tanner Muse from Clemson. You reunite Muse and Wallace, Clemson teammates. Not redundant because Muse is more of the Raven Green, Ibrahim Campbell type, that linebacker safety hybrid position, whereas Wallace is more that Tremont Williams safety cornerback hybrid player. They are complementary pieces, and we already know they have a shorthand coming from a Brent Venable system where you're talking about one of the best defensive coaches in college football. And then the end of the draft, you're just sort of taking shots in the dark. Darius Anderson is a player the Packers met with at Indy. He is a kick returner, third running back type. He's not someone that's going to replace Aaron Jones but can can give you some snaps and is a dynamic player with the ball in his hand. Same thing for Joe Reed, my favorite day three receiver. Just everything he can do. I think Matt LaFleur would love to have a guy like him on his team. He is built almost like a running back, so you can do a ton of different things with him. And athletically, he's outstanding. I don't know why he's not being you know, projected higher because I think he's a really good football player. And then at the end, you're really just taking shots in the dark. Seventh round picks. I have Steven Sullivan, the tight end from LSU, tested well enough. He's got some upside as a receiver. I like the potential there. And then Carter Coughlin. Uh, would be an outside linebacker for the Packers. Minnesota, again, a great athlete. Brian Gutekunst just takes great athletes late on day two, uh, on day three. And everyone likes the draft. Everyone likes the draft. The only thing, you know, you, you can't draft everyone. Now, the only thing I didn't really do is get a linebacker, but I think the Packers, you signed Christian Kirksey. This is do or die for Oren Burks. They really like Buzzy Bolton. And what they need is... For Christian Kirksey to stay healthy because they want to play with one linebacker. And if you're going to play with one linebacker, then the priority isn't just, oh, well, then that linebacker's got to be really good. No, you, you got to boost the interior defensive front a little bit. So you get Matabuki, and then, you know, maybe you can find another one. If there had been someone at the end of the draft who I really liked, I, you know, I would have, I would have gone that direction. But there were still some positions I wanted to hit. I wanted to get two receivers. I think Green Bay wants to get two receivers. I wanted to get someone who could cover in the slot. I did that. I wanted to get an interior defender. I did that. I wanted to get a developmental offensive tackle. I did that. And then you take some shots on day three with some players who can help your offense if they hit. That's it. That's, that's, that is the goal, I think, for Green Bay, and that was my goal with this mock draft. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk— And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I want to finish up here with just a little snippet from Aaron Rodgers. He went on A.J. Hawk's podcast, and they had a, uh, a long conversation about a lot of different things, but one of them was the relationship with Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers gave just an all-time quote. And I, I do want to warn you, I know there are a lot of uh, parents who listen to this with their kids. If you are a parent listening to this with your child, be uh, Be warned. Aaron does not hold back with his language on this. Seemed like as the season went, we didn't really hear any of that talk between you and Lafleur having issues. Yeah, it's pretty fucking quiet, wasn't it? So there you have it. (laughs) I mean, look, there were guys on this show, players who had come on and said, this is nonsense, that they work really well together. And I was in the preseason telling you this was not a thing. Last last year in training camp, I'm going. Do not listen to the noise around the Lafleur Aaron Rodgers stuff. It's so silly, and it turns out that things were fine. And Aaron Rodgers really liked playing with Matt Lafleur. Everyone really liked playing for Matt Lafleur. And it this one just this quote just dovetails with you know he has the famous shush on Sunday night after he throws six touchdowns against the Houston Texans. He's got relax. He's got, I think we could run the table. Unfortunately, I can't put this one in the stinger of the show. I can't, I can't put it at the top of the show, but uh, it is, I think, going to go down as, as one of those cult things that, that he said, it's going to be like the, the expletive filled version of my knee. You know, it's not going to be one that every Packer fan is going to necessarily know, but The people who know are going to know. And that's going to be enough. So We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow is Tuesday, which means we're one day closer to the NFL draft. And we are going to make some some predictions in the coming days. We are going to speculate wildly in the coming days. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I I will do a final mock coming up here, uh, not just for the Packers, but for the whole first round and just sort of go through some teams and and some names and, and try and put some names in some places. That's how mock drafts work. Just have some fun. We'll do some predicting and we'll do some some talking about what, what teams should be doing. So we're going to have some fun this week. And then next week we get to talk about the players and who they picked and, and potential undrafted free agents. And then we'll see. We don't know, but we'll see. So uh, uh, let's have some fun while we get to do it. Follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up with the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do it 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.